You're not going to have that specific brand's data if you've never worked with them before. It's the chicken or the egg. Either you provide something similar or you promote organically through affiliates so you can collect that data to then come back with a case. Welcome back to Influencer Business, the playground for brands and creators. I'm your host, Austin Munhofen. Great to have you here. We hope you're well. Today, we're sitting down with Corinne Travis, the Director of Influencer and Brand Partnerships at CJ Affiliate. And we're diving into affiliate marketing, its value, what it looks like at CJ, and what brands look for in sponsored influencer campaigns, and really so much more. Corinne and I have known each other for a while now. And let me tell you, she is so stinking sharp. (laughs) She's the Director of Influencer and Brand Partnerships at CJ Affiliate, where she helps influencers maximize monetization through affiliate and demystifies influencer marketing for top-tier brands. She created, actually, and now leads the successful VIP campaign solution at CJ after noticing that brands and influencers were consistently looking for ways to create meaningful long-term partnerships. Corinne, as you can imagine, brings incredible, valuable insight into the affiliate and influencer landscape. She's spoken in front of both brands and influencers on topics like monetization, the power of data, and influencer campaign management. So much to dig into here. Before we dive in, though, to this conversation, I want to tell you more about our season sponsor, which is CJ. (laughs) CJ really is the affiliate network of choice for influencers and content creators, which you'll learn more about in this episode. Whether you're looking to earn long-term residual income from your favorite brands or you want more opportunities for sponsored content, CJ really does offer an easy-to-use supportive solution with tools and dedicated experts that help set you up for lasting success. I've used CJ personally before. I have worked with CJ on influencer campaigns before. And one of the best parts is all the data, which we're, we're going to dig in more to in this episode. All the data that you have at your fingertips to help you plan and optimize your content based on what's performing, which is huge. You actually have access to the same data as the brands. So full transparency there, which leads to better decisions and even stronger partnerships. So I highly encourage you to head over to cj.com slash trove to learn more. All right. Without further ado, let's welcome Corinne to the podcast. Corinne, welcome to the Influencer Business Podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Austin. I'm so excited you're here. I am really looking forward to digging into uh, the value of affiliate marketing and your experience. Um, I have just a couple of things even on my list that I want to chat with you about, um, like what brands look for and in sponsored influencer campaigns. And just to better understand to CJ Network, I know we I mentioned CJ Network at the beginning of all the podcasts as our sponsor for the season and just digging into CJ Network, what it is, what it does, who it serves, and just unpacking it all. There's so much, I think, experience that you bring to the table and can speak to it in a unique way than uh, than some of the other listeners that we've had on or guests that we've had on. So this will be great. Cool. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. Um, there's, a- uh, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of levels. We'll, yes. we'll try to touch on them all. The, yes, let's do it. Let's see how far we can get. <laughs> Um, But I like to start every conversation with some background. I think background is a really great place to gain context for the, the person that we're talking to, where they're coming from. And so I would love to start 
by you sharing more about your background, your professional background. Where was Corinne before CJ? <laughs> um, where was she? She was a little lost puppy. No. Um, <laughs> so I started right out of college. I um, had a job at a analyst um, analysis company uh, called Cision. It's a very large company now. Um, but at the time, we were a much smaller, it's called Delahaye, I believe. We were purchased by Cision. But anyway, the main point of um, my role there was to really understand how companies are portrayed in media. So how they're portrayed in news articles. Um, at the time, blogs were very early on. Um, actual newspaper clippings. So people would read, we'd have clients, we'd read the articles that our clients were mentioned in and determine how the mentions or the content around that mention really made that brand look. So it was really looking at earned media. So if they were mentioned in the headline, if it was if they were mentioned in the first paragraph, if there was a picture, if, if the CEO was quoted, all of those things weighted higher for that brand recognition to really stick with the reader. Um, and then if it was, you know, positive or negative, then that score would impact kind of the overall like score that we we'd assign to that piece of content. So it was really looking at the value that earned media plays and how it can position a, a company or a brand or a product in the media. Um, so I was there for a while. I've always, looking back at my jobs and where my interests have lined, that it's always been around content um, and just the power of content. So after that, I went to a B2B company and I was helping B2B brands put forward their content strategy. So what white papers to write, on what products, where they should be positioned, how they should be positioned. And then from there, I moved to CJ, where I started really in an emerging media role. So what that means is traditional affiliate is working with these much larger affiliate players like an Ebates or a Rakuten or a Honey that many people are familiar with. My job was to really coach some of the smaller, like new to affiliate publishers and at the time, a lot of those were content publishers, influencers, or media sites. And I would just gravitate towards them and, and really helping build out their affiliate presence because blogs made sense to me and how bloggers, again, this is, we're going back a few years here, how bloggers monetized their blogs by linking out with affiliate links. It just made perfect sense to me versus this like new up and coming model of affiliate that involved mobile and this tracking and this app. And I got a little lost there. So content always made sense to me. Um, from there, I built, helped build out our content certified network. Um, and then from there developed our campaign solution called our VIP campaign solution um, that really unites brands and, and influencers on a partnership level versus just that transactional piece. So yeah, that's me. That's where I'm <laughs> that was a great <laughs> nutshell. I think that it's so, like, I, am, I imagine young Corinne with a scorecard or like a rubric going through those newspaper clippings and like so tallying old. up. Yeah. It's interesting that that's how earned media was tracked back then. And mm -hmm. how like a title mention would be weighted more than something else. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're thinking about like a mention in the title and the first paragraph, 
and or is going to be weighted and you have you the reader have more of a chance of recollecting that brand than if it was just mentioned in the last paragraph right and who knows how many people get to that last paragraph too exactly so you'd have a much lower score if you were only mentioned once in an article and it was the last paragraph versus again all those other things yeah and then it's weighted positive or negative based on like the context of the of the article And how far we've come because we still track. I mean, they're still tracking metrics. They're just much more sophisticated than a tally, right? right? Yeah. Like before I started at that company, I mean, there were readers and coders that literally had newspaper clippings doing it. And then it became digitized. um, digitized. Uh, So, yeah. (laughs) Well, you mentioned the VIP campaign solution that you kind of spearheaded. Is that what you said? The, yes. When did that come out? Um, I believe that was 2014. I actually, I'm not in the office, but I do have a printed copy of the first email that we received when we first launched that service at CJ and our first client that said, yes, I, w- I want to run a campaign with you guys. I believe it was either end of 2013 or beginning of 2014. So before then, up to that point, how was CJ operating its main bread and butter? Yeah, so CJ Affiliate is an affiliate network. Um, So affiliate is at the core of all we do. Um, So we have thousands of global brands that are clients of CJ's, and then we have our publishers as well. So influencers, I talk to a lot of influencers, creators now, and they'll hear me say CJ and they'll recognize that I'm talking about Commission Junction. And a lot of people will say, oh, Commission Junction was the first affiliate network I I signed up for. So we always had a place for creators, bloggers, influencers in CJ, um, but we're home to many other models. So coupon and deal, loyalty publishers, um, cashback publishers. Yeah, there's a toolbar, there's a lot. Um, But when it comes to content, and influencers, what can be tough in in the affiliate world is really just igniting that partnership. So a creator will join a network and often in affiliate, they need to apply to be a part of a program for a brand. And that application process can take a while. Sometimes it, sometimes they're automatically declined because that advertiser might have auto decline rules set up, or sometimes it just takes a while because it's a manual process. There's a team reviewing all the applications. So around the time that I joined, and this was the mention of the content certified network, we built out a network within CJ for our content partners that made that part a lot easier. So if you are a content certified creator or media publisher in our network and you kind of have that badge, that content certified badge, we call it, you're automatically um, approved and joined to any relevant advertiser that's also content certified. So if you're a fashion creator and you're content certified, you join the CJ network, you get content certified and you are automatically approved for all of the relevant fashion brands that are in CJ that, again, are also content certified. So all you have to do is go in and approve that term. You you have the say of if you want to be a part of that program or not. Um, so it takes that waiting period out, shortens it tremendously. The other piece that it does on the brand side is that 
you know, brands want to work with creators, but they often have a very hard time of figuring out who they should be working with. So this helps them as well, because now they have a list of content certified fashion creators. They don't have to dig through the CJ network to find the right one. We've already curated that list of creators for them. So that's essentially what that network does and how CJ has over the years, um, we've developed that network, uh, linking tools to really make it a place for creators to use. Um, I think the other piece is really just the data and transparency that CJ offers and that um, some networks offer and and some don't. Um, But I think that that is really important to creators and it should be even more important than it ever was um, because it really, that data is yours. Um, You want to have access to it and really use it to make informed decisions on who you should be partnering with or how you should be promoting brands and products on your, on your site and on social. I think that's a great point. And something that I point out to even our talent is that brands are interested, especially if they're if they're new to influencer marketing, or maybe if they're not super new in, in influencer marketing, but like a little bit more data on performance. Like, have you worked with a similar brand in this area in the past? And what has the response been from your audience? How, what was the, you know, conversion rate and things like that. Anytime you pitch yourself to a brand, your ideal brand that you want to partner with, being able to support that with any data you have that you can provide to them is so helpful. And and that's the whole goal is a mutually beneficial and valuable relationship. And so if you can make it like bring to the table all this legwork and research and make it not only an easy yes, it also shows the brand how excited you are, how thorough you've been, kind of like the professional level you would bring to a partnership in my mind. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I know exactly the data that that you're talking about because I was just in CJ yesterday looking for <laughs> To see, because we did a cam. I mean, you and I got acquainted through the VIP campaign solution, and I was looking to see in this most recent campaign what the kind of results were from the past, you know, quarter. And I was, I was super curious, so I went in and I looked, and I like customized too, because that's also a cool thing. You can customize the the dates, the date range. So I wanted to compare that Q two with Q one and. Anyway, if you like data and numbers, you can get really nerdy in there. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot there, um, and even if you, even if you don't like this simple view of just seeing what SKUs are are performing for you, um, what how like the commissions that you're earning, how many sales you've driven, the products that you're selling, like that's all right there, um, and that's really important data to have. I mean, it's your data. It's, it's so important to understand. Yeah. Um, can I just take a pause for a moment and tell you a little secret? Okay. (laughs) It's not going to be a secret when this gets published. I know that's right. It's not. Well, a little did you know, I actually, my first interaction with CJ was actually 
um, as I guess you would call me a publisher, although I don't have like a, a content space or anything, but I wanted to see what this process was like. And I was already talking about a particular brand that I love, like just naturally. And so I applied through the CJ platform. Can you believe it? And I was accepted. <laughs> I was accepted. I was like, what was her experience? No, it's amazing. It's so fun. So then did you promote them? I mean, you know, I did a little bit, to be honest with you. But then, um, honestly, it was more um, to also see what my talent, the experience of my talent too, like the process. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to be knowledgeable about um, the sign-up process and like you said, the feedback loop for approval. And I'm I'm a big believer in uh, building empathy through, you know, similar experiences. So if I can kind of recreate the experience, I'll be better positioned to coach them through mm-hmm. an experience and, and all of that. So anyway, yeah. I think I'm I still in that. there. I should probably do some promoting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, hopefully your account's still active, but if it's not, you can reach out to me. That's true. <laughs> You're right. Active. It does have to be active. That's a good point. Um, no, that's awesome. And I do, I mean, I do hand it to you for doing that. And just there's so many networks that and platforms that creators are a part of. So we really try to lead with that empathy as well and knowing that our platform looks different. There it's a different process. Um, and kind of really, really trying to create those tools to help our influencers and our ta- talent managers navigate the, the, the platform. Cause there's so many, I mean, there's so many influencer platforms right now. Um, there are, I feel like I get hit with a new one each week. And e- when I think I've heard them all, which is, I know is not possible. Um, there's a new one that comes along and it's new to me. It's either new to me or it's new to the world or both. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so since we're on the subject of data, just want to dive in a little bit more. The brands have the same access to this data. So I imagine a world in which a brand sees that there are a couple of content creators who are super high performing. And maybe that is the impetus for them to partner with them in a more uh, like a, a one-on-one kind of sponsored campaign situation, VIP campaign solution kind of capacity. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. So, yeah, there's a few different routes um, that a brand can take, but um, there's many different advertiser um, management tiers in CJ, or I should say there's a few. Um, so some of our advertisers have full teams that manage their program. Others are more um, self-serve. So if an advertiser has a full account team, that account team is running reports daily. So any spike in performance, any new publisher creator that comes across, um, they're going to flag that and they're going to look into it. So if they start seeing a trend of creators or they see, um, you know, one creator that's all of a sudden driving a good amount of, of registration, sales, revenue, what have you, they, they'll be, they'll reach out and they'll, you know, kind of inquire about what that creator is doing. Um, and hopefully then also ask how they can partner more that I say, hopefully, because that's obviously dependent on budget and and all the other things, um, that a brand might be dealing with. Um, but that is kind of the, the catalyst for that initial interaction. If they're 
if they're watching the, when they're watching the data and they're seeing that spike. I think that's great for content creators to know that brands actually are looking at this, even though it it might not seem like uh, things are happening behind the scene, that they actually are. I, um, specific example here, I reached out to a brand that one of our talent was really interested in working with. And I think that she could have done a fabulous job with this particular brand and this particular campaign. But we ended up ultimately getting turned down because there were no metrics that she had used previously for them to be able to almost validate that she could be a good candidate. And I know it's different for every brand. Not all brands have the same process for screening what a a good partner and what that looks like. But for this particular one, instead of doing a test trial, which is sometimes what what other brands are more comfortable with before signing into any kind of long-term partnership, they really wanted to see... um, see the data in terms of, well, like if if this is a good fit, then she would be, you know, talking about it using the metrics and all that. And we could see the, the data on the back end and that just didn't happen. So um, it was good for us to know too, that if this is something that we really, we're really interested in working with, let's talk about it a little bit more first and make sure that we're actually doing proper linking so that we can show them the results that we're driving without kind, any kind of formal dollars backing it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really great way to look at it. Um, and if you if you don't have the data on that particular brand referencing similar brands or similar products or a similar style of promoting is a great way to showcase data because you're not always going to have it. That's that's kind of part of it, right? Like you're not going to have that specific brand's data if you've never worked with them before. Um, so I think it's like kind of the chicken or the egg. Either you provide something similar or you promote organically through affiliate. So you have, you can collect that data to then make, uh, come back with a case. Exactly. A hundred percent. Something that you mentioned that I want to dig into more is <clears throat> data performance um, in, in terms of uh, like subscriptions or sales. And I'm wondering how much, especially for these VIP campaign solutions, how much education do you have to do with brands when it comes to um, educating them like on the holistic view of a campaign that maybe it's not just all about numbers? Like what are some other non-number driven factors that are just as important in campaigns? Oh yeah. So I would say that yeah, the biggest thing we do with educating them is on is on setting correct expectations for performance. So I think that starts with asking the brand, at least on my end and on your end, asking a lot of questions. Like if they say registrations or sales are the goal, okay. And then asking a follow-up question of like, how many? Do you have a specific number that I need to hit? Right. And then that even goes a little bit further with at least some of the campaigns that I've worked on is that sometimes also backs into the creator's cost. So if someone is charging a thousand dollars for a set of deliverables, then the number of sales or the revenue that they need to drive is going to be different than someone that's charging ten thousand dollars for the same amount of deliverables or more, what have you. But 
it's it kind of goes back to the the cost of the creator. So to turn to see that return on investment or cost per sale, cost per registration, cost per leave, leave that all backs into how much the creator costs. So just telling someone that the goal is registrations helps paint the picture that this brand is very sales driven, but then you need to back it, you need to further clarify like what that means for you specifically as a creator. Um, so a lot of what we do with brands is educate them on what those goals should be, really paint a clear picture of what those goals are, what that KPI is, and then also setting expectations and education around what we need to do to get there. So if you have a really strong sales goal, but your budget only supports with working, working with five creators for one Instagram story set each, that's not going to drive the conversions that you want because we're, we're, we're exposing the, the creator's audience to your brand one time in that one Instagram story set. That's not enough to really infiltrate that audience and educate a brand new audience on your brand. So a lot of expectation setting is also around that like posting cadence and the content cadence and the type of deliverables that we should be using Um, because it shouldn't just be a flash in the pan. It shouldn't just be, we're not relying on one Instagram story with swipe ups to drive a 10 to one return on ad spend. Like that's just not feasible. We have something so exciting to share with you. Gush and Grow, who are partners of Trove, are coming out with a course, a course for influencers and content creators, all about how to land paid brand collaborations and partnerships, how to land those with authenticity, with integrity, with confidence, and do it effectively. The thing that lights us up the most at Gush and Grow is helping our clients' dreams come true as solopreneurs. And oftentimes that includes partnering with their dream brands. So we've turned our most popular workshop into a course, making it widely available so that you can land your ideal paid brand collabs and partnerships. It is the most comprehensive course we've created for the best value. And if this is of interest to you, highly, highly encourage you to go to gushandgrow.com slash courses to get on the list. What specific strong strategies have you seen? Um, I think the strongest strategies that we've employed is really, it encompasses cross-promotion, so leveraging multiple channels if the influencer has multiple channels. I, I find a lot of success with working with bloggers, so someone that has a blog and is like very strong on Instagram. That's usually the mix. So you're using Instagram to maybe tease out the blog post, tease out some of the the future content, um, and then you have a long form piece of content, so the blog, an anchor basically. So especially for some of these products that have a longer buying cycle and someone might need to really read a thorough review, that blog content is always there, right? So they tease um, a partnership, they tease more to come in a first Instagram story. A few weeks later, there's a blog post, more thorough review. Then there's an Instagram static or an Instagram story promoting that blog post. And then you have that review to always link out to. So I've worked with creators where we've done that in the first couple months where we've partnered together. And now 
it's July and I have some creators that the thorough review they wrote last October is still driving sales. It's their, still their main driver. So they continually promote on Instagram when they get like a new version of the product or a new, there's a new message. And then they're always saying like, there's swipe ups to the brand. And then there's swipe ups to this longer review. If you want to read more, you know what the review I did last October, and it's still driving registrations, like significant registrations, not just one or two. I love that cross promotion. I love having that anchor of long form content. And it's not going to work with every single brand. If you're selling a pair of $5 sunglasses, you don't always need, like, you don't need a very long review, but just the fact that there's that anchor. And I feel like that also speaks volumes of just affiliate in general. Like, you're connected to that brand, you're active with them through through the CJ network or whatever affiliate network you're using. You always have access to pull their most updated offers, updated tracking links. That tracking link's gonna continue to track. So you're just earning residual income. Um, and then even just outside of the income, you're able to always be present. You're always present and there's always an accurate link to be shared for your for your readers, for your consumer. Um, so that's something that I've seen work. I also kind of mentioned in that high level example of like a posting cadence. So what I've seen really work too is, and it differs by, by creator, but it might be every few days or every couple of weeks where you're continually exposing your audience to that brand or product. It's not just one time. Honestly, I've never really seen one Instagram story just work. <laughs> there needs to be a few more. Um, I feel like in college, dating myself, in our marketing class, it was like, at the time, it was like, consumers need to be exposed to your brand or product at least five times before they can make a decision. That number has to be like double or triple by now, because that we're talking pre-Instagram when I was in college. So the amount of digital exposure that people have now, consumers have now, like you need to be in front of them at multiple points of that consumer journey and at multiple times. So that's where like the cross pollination and cross promotion, but also like kind of having that posting cadence of short form content, long form content, short form, short form, like every couple, again, depending on the creator, days or, or weeks has proven to be like very successful with the campaigns that I've run. I totally agree. I have seen that multifaceted campaigns always perform better than one-offs. Mm -hmm. Or even if we can only do a story set, breaking that up into one frame, then two frames of follow-up, you know, a couple days later. Because you're mm -hmm. right. If the digital noise has increased by twofold, threefold since I don't know how many years ago, that means that the audience has to hear it two more times than they used to or three more times than they used to. So moving on, we've already touched on these through our conversation, but for influencers in particular, what else can influencers do to better set themselves up for working with their ideal brands? Yeah. So I think there's a few things and some of it we've touched on. I do feel like there's an organic piece to it too. And this could have also been part of the answer for the last question is I love what influencers do. They demand to be paid for their work. And when you promote a brand organically, it shows using an affiliate link so you can still earn money from it. It shows the brand that you are authentic, 
that you really mean it when you say you want to work with them. It shows your audience that the same things, right? That you really do like this brand and you're not just promoting them because you're getting paid. I mean, now there's some consumers that see right through it. There's some that don't care about sponsored content. Others get offended by it. I don't know why. Happens. Um, so I think including that organic content throughout, whether it's a campaign or you're trying to promote someone for the first time and you really want to work with them on a paid, like long term partnership, but that is a really great place to show yourself. I think you had even mentioned earlier an example of kind of a brand prompting an influencer to do that to then work with them. But I think that data is just so in such an important piece. And again, I think we kind of talked about this earlier too, but if you don't have specific data on that brand, just sharing like your conversion rate for the past 30 days or your engagement rate for the past 30 days, it really goes a long way with brands to understand and paint a picture of what they're going to get when they work with you. Because ultimately, you know, you want to lower the, the risk of the, of, for them to work with you. And, and if it is a paid collaboration, that is investment. That means the stakes might be a little bit higher on the goals they need to achieve to kind of validate that investment. The other thing that I'll say when it comes to creators reaching out and like pitching for ideal partnerships is I feel embarrassed to say this, but I still get so many emails from creators that say, hi, my name is whatever. I love this brand. I really want to work with you. Attached is my media kit. There's no information on how you, how and why you like the brand. There's no information on how you're going to tell the brand story. There's no inform. There's no data to back up why you're a good fit. So you being a fan of the brand with no additional detail and thinking that that's enough to secure a partnership doesn't work anymore. Also because there's just so many creators to work with and some of them are putting in, a lot of them are putting in the extra, you know, couple sentences on what their data points is or even just how they can bring the brand story to life in a unique way. Ultimately, at the end of the day, those extra pieces of information are what are what going to solidify that for me and say, I want to work with that creator. I love what she laid out and the story that she's going to tell about the, the brand I'm working with. That's something I haven't heard before, or it's just a unique take and her data backs it up. Like that for me is a sign that you at least get the, a response back from me. <laughs> and most, more often than not, you're, you're hired. We're going to work All together. Right. All right, folks. So at, go the extra mile. Add a little bit more about why exactly you think you and the brand would be a good fit. Some data and you how you will share their story in a unique, unique way. And then you'll get a response back from Karen. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, this is exactly what we say to brands too, right? Like, when we educate brands on how to be working with influencers, one of the first things we start with is like, how are you approaching them, right? Are you just emailing and saying, I want to work with you? As an influencer, are you responding to those emails? I mean, maybe if it's like your favorite brand that just emails you and says, I'm a big fan, I want to work with you, maybe. But typically you as an influencer creator require a little bit more information. You want to know that they've done the due diligence looked at your latest stories, looked at your feed, looked at your videos. You want to know that 
to feel comfortable moving forward and that it really makes it feel like a true partnership and alignment. So it, it does kind of go both ways there. Definitely. All right, Corinne, I'm going to go into my favorite way to end these conversations with a little rapid fire. I don't know if you're ready for this. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Let's see. Okay, okay. All right, favorite food or meal? Mm, I'm not ready for it. Um, <laughs> I, I love, so I should caveat this with I'm gluten-free. I'm gluten sensitive and dairy sensitive. So my favorite meal is real pizza. <laughs> like real New York pizza, not gluten-free, not dairy-free. Sometimes I make the exception. I don't feel great the next day, but it is the best thing on earth. Do you have toppings on this pizza or is it just? Just cheese. Okay. All right. Favorite snack? Sometimes I get crazy and add pepperoni, but it's mostly just cheese. (laughs) Mostly just cheese. Favorite smell? Now, this is probably seasonal. So now it's probably the smell of like ocean mixed with um, suntan lotion. But if we were doing this in late September, I would say like that crisp fall air leaves with like chimney smoke, right? Like that fall Uh, smell. It's very, they're all very seasonal smells that I like. If that makes sense. I, I yeah, totally. And I will say though, I dig the ocean salt air suntan lotion combo. And I could I could do that all year. I could do that combo all year. Okay. What about the most used app on your phone? I mean, it's probably Instagram, but I have been using LinkedIn a lot more. It's probably Todd right now, but I mean last Google search. Last Google search. So I always, if I'm reading a book and I come across a word I don't know, I always Google it. I always look it up. So it's probably, it's probably a random word that was in a book I was reading. Nice. You must have been a very good student (laughs) in English class, maybe. I think the word you're looking for is a nerd. Um, Yes. (laughs) I was, I loved English. Love that content. Love that content. Give me some content. All right. It's been so great talking with you. And thank you for your time and your insights. And maybe there will be a part two. I love that. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, of course. Of course. I'm glad to be here and love sharing insight, anything that makes the creators' lives easier and brands' lives easier. So yeah, thank you for having me. An absolutely wonderful conversation with Karen. There were a couple takeaways, actually many takeaways I had in this episode that I wanted to point out, but let's just stick with three, three very strong takeaways. One is a brand can tell their own story, but like Corinne said, consumers really want to hear it from a third party, someone that they know, they like, and they trust. So that storytelling aspect that creators bring is huge, huge enough, as Corinne said, to include in your pitch to a brand. How are you going to bring their product or service to life in a strong and unique way? 
the second thing that she mentioned is promoting a, a brand organically really has a ton of benefits. When you promote a brand organically using affiliate links, it shows the brand and your audience that you're authentic and really mean it when you say you want to work with that brand. You're not just promoting it to get paid, but but you're really in it because you're so excited about that particular product or service. So including that organic content, even throughout a paid or sponsored campaign to demonstrate that, that you want to work with them long-term it is a really great place to show up and show yourself. The third takeaway is around campaign strategies. Corinne has seen that the strongest strategies include cross-promotion. So leveraging multiple channels, short-form, long-form content. Think about if you have a product or service that could benefit from an anchor of long-form content. Really being strategic about your approach based on what your goals are for working with content creators. So I would love to hear what other takeaways you got from this podcast. Leave us a comment here below. And always a big shout out to Pete Crimmy and the team over at Sound Lounge who always make us sound better than we are. We hope you like what you heard. And if you did, I challenge you to drop us a five-star rating and a glowing review. It takes about 30 seconds and we would really appreciate it. We'll see you next time on Influencer Business. Influencer Business.